Hello, and welcome to the Untitled Gen X podcast, a podcast dedicated to the pop culture that raised us. I'm Lori, a writer and pop culture lover who's excited, proud, and maybe even a little bit sad to announce we've reached the end of season two of the Untitled Gen X podcast. So if you're like, wait, season one just ended in May and now season two is ending in December, it's too soon. You're probably right. (laughs) And this honestly is where like stupid life comes in. So since I launched this podcast with Kate in November of last year, I've released 48 episodes. That's nearly an episode a week. And for that, I'm really proud of myself. And just in case you guys didn't know, I am officially a one-man band. I outsource nothing. And maybe that's because I'm a control freak. Maybe that's because I'm frugal, or maybe that's because of both. Um, but it's all me. And I feel like I need a little pod break. And but, but I want you to know that it'll be time well spent. I don't like being away from you guys. But I have, you know, some plans to rest because I need it. You know, we just had Christmas. Oh, Christmas. It's a lot. It's a lot. And so I want to take a little break and I want to live a little life and I want to have a little fun so I can come back to you guys with like vim and vigor. But what I plan to do during that time is record a whole bunch of episodes. I want to connect with you guys even more on social media. And I also want the last 48 episodes to breathe a little. Now, I have some like exciting things planned for season three with some really exciting guests. I can't really share more about that yet. But what I can tell you is that the Untitled Gen X podcast has a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the Untitled Gen X podcast. And if you don't know what a Patreon is, I'll tell you. It's a platform that allows you to support the pod for as little as $3 a month. And you guys know, like it feels a little bit gross to be like, oh, I have a Patreon, come support me. But it's going to be a really cool place. I'm offering exclusive podcast episodes. There's stickers for you guys, early access to episodes. I just recapped season one, episode one of Sex in the City there, because honestly, I'm just sort of hot off of, and just like that. So I felt called to do it. I'm not sure if I'm going to be recapping more Sex in the City there, or whether I'll just stick to like covering iconic episodes of shows like Felicity, I mean, that haircut, truly iconic. My so-called life, you know, I'm still not over how that show ended. I'll never be. Or the facts of life episode, you know, when Natalie loses her virginity or even that horrible bicycle man who tried to molest Arnold and his friend on different strokes. You guys remember that? That's an iconic episode. I feel like that's worthy of a recap, but Whatever I do over there, it's sure to be a total blast. And I hope you guys will join me because it's going to be really fun. So patreon.com, the Untitled Gen X podcast. Okay, enough of that. That's really gross and self-promotion-y and ew. Okay, I talked a little about what's to come, but since it's almost New Year's Eve and it's only natural to look back on our hits and misses over the last year, and you guys, I mean, the last year, it's weird. It felt long and short simultaneously. 
And I feel like ever since 2020, I'm very, very confused by time. You guys know my son graduated high school in 2020. Ever since then, I don't know, like I'm in a new phase of life. I'm in a new phase of parenting. We're in a new reality with this pandemic. It just feels like we're living in an odyssey, does it not? It's super weird. And I can't believe we're coming up on New Year's again already. I feel like I was just in this spot in this corner of my bedroom recording the Friends episode with Kate in season one, the one with all the resolutions, aka Ross and his leather pants. We had big hopes for 2021. Did those things come true? Yes and no. How, how is your 2021? How did it all shake out in the end? Are you happy with it? What good things happened to you? Hopefully more good than bad. I'm just, I'm pumped on 2022. I'm ready for it. I think it's a really awesome opportunity for all of us to just hit the reset. And so I hope that you guys are able to do that. Okay. I wanted to take this episode to get, I'm sorry, but I'm going to super self-indulgent and reflect on the amazing guests and pop culture that we covered in season two. So if you're a longtime listener, you know, Kate and I did the same thing when we looked back on season one, we did a season one recap and never one to reinvent the wheel. I'm going to kind of follow the same format. So let's dive right in. Let's get sentimental. Let's do that. Do you guys have a box of tissues? I have one right here. And you know what? If you're driving, maybe you should just like pull over. I cannot be held responsible for the emotions you feel as we discuss all the amazing things that happened in season two. So I'm putting that out there. Let's talk favorite episodes. Your, the listener's favorite episode, as evidenced by the most downloads, was Bruce Springsteen, Born in the USA, with Serge Belanco. Let's talk about it. Serge tells his story of being a lifelong Springsteen fan and having the opportunity to meet his idol, be mentored by his idol. He was able to perform with him. He was able to record with him. And he tells stories about Bruce the man, as opposed to just Bruce the musician that we all know and love. Serge is an incredible writer. He's such an incredible deep thinker. He's so insightful. I know you'll really love the episode, so go check it out. In second place for most downloads, we have The Breakfast Club with Kenny Stack. Kenny shares his story of borrowing style inspo from John Bender. Kenny literally in junior high decided, I am going to transform into John Bender. Not the crappy attitude, not the criminal behavior, but just overall style. And he tells a story about how it changed his life. And I love that. And we talked about underage drinking with Rockstar Sisters. We talked about all of it, the complete high school experience. Super fun episode. You guys love The Breakfast Club. We talk about how Allison was obviously the most hated character and we make our case really well known. I think you guys will all support it in the end. And so I encourage you to check that out. Okay. Least favorite episode and why? So this is weird. Favorite episode, Bruce Springsteen. Least favorite episode, 
Bruce Springsteen. And I'll I'll tell you why. This had nothing to do with the topic of Bruce. This had nothing to do with my amazing guest, Serge Belanco. This had everything to do with internet connection. So Serge lives in a really rural area and they had had thunderstorms and really inclement weather. We lost our connection on Zoom. I don't know, four times. We went from recording over Zoom on a laptop to recording on, I think, another laptop to recording over a cell phone that ended up dying to recording over another cell phone. If you listen to the episode carefully, you can tell the first half of the episode, the audio sounds different than the last half of the episode. And it was so challenging. We did it because the conversation was so good and it mattered and we didn't want to stop and we didn't want to save it for another day. We were on a spring scene roll that could not be denied, but man, was that a challenging recording experience. Doesn't matter. It was all worth it. But in terms of recording the episode, whoa, Nelly, that one was tough. The next least favorite slumber parties. This was episode two with Kate, my co-host for season one. I love me some Kate. I miss me some Kate. We recorded this in Palm Springs after a very, very long day of travel. The heat was like 1.15 at like 6 p.m. And we were severely dehydrated and slightly intoxicated. And we both had headaches and it was rough, but damn it, we were in Palm Springs and it was podcast Palooza and we were going to record. It's actually a really fun episode. We played truth or truth. We told how slumber parties were really a formative coming of age, rite of passage for us. But man, we both felt like total shit recording that, but Hopefully you can't hear it on the pod, but that's just a little sneak peek from behind the episode. So this leads me to the best episode you, the listener, hasn't heard yet. You guys, let's talk about some boys to men. I recorded an episode with broadcast legend Aaron Bender on boys to men, and it is one of my very favorite episodes Are you guys not fans of 90s R&B? Like, what is happening? Why didn't you guys listen to it? Boys to Men, Cooley High Harmony. I mean, this is the album with Motown Philly, End of the Road. It's so hard to say goodbye. And Aaron, the man with the voice. While his day job on the Aaron Bender podcast is to get people to share their stories, Aaron graciously offered us his own as a widowed father of two young daughters. He lost his wife to cancer last year. He lost his job. All of these things happened almost around the same time. And he talks really candidly about his journey through grief, the importance of mental health, especially for men. And he talks about how he gets through each day, how he's living each day to the fullest. And putting his trust in God. And it was a really powerful episode that came from something as fun and exciting and vibrant and colorful as boys to men. And so it really was a layered episode for the folks who did listen to it. I got a ton of DMs thanking me for having him on. You all really appreciated the episode, but those of you who haven't heard it, please go back 
And you will enjoy the episode, even if you're not a huge fan of Boys to Men, which I don't really understand how that's possible, but I guess I suppose that it is. So Boys to Men is also my pick for the most surprising episode. Now, if we're talking surprising episodes, I also have to say I was super surprised by the Lost Boys episode with horror and speculative fiction writer Eric J. Gennard. He was able to turn my entire thinking around about who were the real bad guys in the Lost Boys. Was it David and his band of Lost Boys vampires? Or were the bad guys Michael and Sam? Eric might just change your mind. Those vampires were cleaning up Santa Carla. The episode I was not excited to record. Okay, not excited is probably the wrong term here. I was very excited, but very, very scared to record episode three. You guys, that was Fast Times at Richmond High with my friend Alex. And I was scared because this was my first episode ever recording without Kate, my beloved season one co-host. I don't know how to interview on a podcast. Like, I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm just doing it. If it sounds clunky at times, I can assure you it feels clunky at times. And I was racked with a lot of anxiety about it. And could I even be the George Michael of this podcast? Would you guys still listen if I didn't have Kate on in every episode? So I was excited at the new opportunity, but I was scared shitless. So that's just the truth. All right. Episode, I felt the most pressure. (laughs) This was a literal three-way tie for me. Bruce Springsteen, born in the USA with Serge Belanco. You guys, it's Bruce Springsteen. Bruce fans take Bruce real seriously. And I do too. And the feeling I had about recording the Bruce Springsteen episode was the same feeling I had last season when I did you too. I was stressed out. You can't mess it up. If you mess it up, people will come for you. They absolutely will. And in a similar vein, I felt that pressure with Natalie Merchant and Tiger Lily, the one I recorded with Larice Stack. That episode felt really similar to how I felt in covering Tori Amos, Little Earthquakes in season one. Like people feel their music very deeply. The shit matters. It matters to me. Okay. In third place for most pressure, Clueless. Clueless is to season two what Star Wars was to season one for me. It's just that important. It matters that much. And Amber Dorsey, what an incredible guest. I've known Amber for at least 10 years. I love her. I love her spirit. I love her energy. She teaches me constantly. I knew she was a huge fan. So I knew that I'd be okay in that regard because if nothing else, Amber could carry this. She could carry this shit on her own. That girl needs a podcast, but I mean, I felt the pressure of Clueless. I even felt it when I was creating the memes. I was like, oh man, I'm feeling this. Okay. The episode I was most excited to record, Fame with Jessica Ashley. This is not Fame, the TV show, although we do touch on that. This is Fame, the film, the gritty, gritty, Coco going topless 1980 film. I don't know that I've ever mentioned this on the pod before. I don't actually think we talked about this in this episode, but she and I had recorded a few episodes 
of a Real Housewives podcast that we were going to launch about a year prior to the launch of the Untitled Gen X podcast. Uh, We recorded, I think, maybe three episodes. They were so much fun. And unfortunately, those episodes were never put out into the world. It was part timing. It was part bandwidth. You know, the shit happens sometimes, but we're huge Bravo fans, Real Housewives fans. And we were talking about issues in love and relationships because she's a divorce coach and a single mom. And we were talking about relationship issues against the backdrop of the Real Housewives. And it was a total blast. And maybe someday we'll be able to get that up and going again. But that's why I was so excited to record this episode because it was an opportunity for me to get back behind the mic with Jessica. And if you guys haven't listened to that fame episode, you'll understand what I mean when you do. Jessica has so much spirit and personality. And so I was just really excited to get together with her and be able to create something that was going to see the light of day. And it was just super fun. I was also really, really excited to record Save by the Bells, Jesse's song, when Jesse gets addicted to the caffeine pills. Remember that, you guys? I was just so thrilled to record that with Gen X. This is why I was able to record with Amy. We broke that episode down for all of its foolishness, all of its scared straightness, all of its real drama. We were able to talk about what an asshole Zach Morris is. If you guys love Gen X, and I know you do, particularly if you love Little House on the Prairie, check out Gen X This Is Why. They're leaning in hard to their Little House content, and they also cover blockbusters, you know, iconic movies, just like we cover here, and you will love them. It's hosted by... Jenny and Amy, two sisters, and the sibling rivalry and the personalities are just gold. Check out their podcast, Gen X, This Is Why. Also, I was really, really excited to record, no doubt, Tragic Kingdom with Megan and Wendy, the ladies behind Long Story Short with Megan and Wendy. Their podcast is phenomenal. I've known Megan and Wendy for years. We were all bloggers back in the day, parenting writers. I've seen them on the blogging circuit. We've been to lots of conferences together. These gals, they're OC natives. Wendy tells the story about how she was, oh my God, this close to being in, no doubt, just a girl video. And the connections are all there. They lived in the no doubt world. I mean, down to like their local shows at the height of their popularity. They have amazing stories to share. So that was a super fun episode. Okay, most fun episode to record. Now, I realize these are kind of shitty categories and they're categories that work really, really well when you're talking with a co-host, i.e. Kate, season one, um, because her picks for these episodes in season one were different than my picks and we were able to talk about it. So I realized this is just a lot of me talking, but most fun to record the weird wild world. What did I call that episode? The wild world of weird Al Yankovic. I think that's what it's called. I've always been a weird Al fan. I mean, like, how could you not be weird? Al is funny. And what's so great about him is that 
he's clean. So it's comedy that you can really share with your whole family. Recording this with Pat was really a joy. You know, Pat is Kate's older brother. He was in season one, Star Wars. He is a Star Wars aficionado. He officially knows everything. Uh, We covered Say Anything this season together and uh, Weird Al. And we do have plans in season three. I'm just here to share. It's, it's going to be good. I'm just saying, it's just going to be good. I know it. Okay. I also really loved recording that Latchkey Kid Life with Wit Honey. Oh man, you guys, I have to tell you. So that episode was super fun to record because I'm nerdy and I like research and I was able to dig into like all these research findings about how effed up or not effed up being a Latchkey Kid made us. I was a Latchkey Kid. Wit was a latchkey kid. Your guys' stories after that episode dropped, I mean, I had at least five of you reach out to me to tell me specifically about getting into the house through a garage door that only opened about 12 inches, how you used to have to shimmy into your into your garage every day after school, get all dirty to get into your house. Somebody told me they had to use their backpack as like a battering ram every day to break into a door. I mean, the stories are just wild. Some traumatic, some hilarious, some downright dangerous. And wit, the man was chased down as a kid after school by someone and had to be rescued. The man had a rattlesnake in his house. The man started phone parties quite accidentally. I love tackling like the cultural phenomenon stuff. Can we talk about that? In season one, Kate and I talked about the Cabbage Patch Panic of 1983. We talked about the anti-drug PSAs of the 1980s. Wild. And in season two, I was able to cover slumber parties of the 1980s with Kate and this, that latchkey kid life. And we lived through some crazy stuff in the 80s. Am I right? I'm going to think long and hard. And you guys, please feel free to reach out to me with your ideas about what we can cover culturally in season three. I love those episodes. And I know there's more stuff like this. I just need to come up with it. You guys help me out. Okay, this leads me to what guests got the biggest response from you guys? Actually, a lot of them. You guys are so great. You DM me all the time and I love it. I I hope I respond quickly enough to you because I love this engagement. This is why I do this. I want to connect with like-minded people who just have a love of Gen X. Like maybe we don't agree on everything, but we all love pop culture. We're all from the same generation and it's a good time. So I have to say, you guys keep the messages coming. You had a lot to say about Aaron. I said that boys to men episode was not listened to nearly enough. This is a true story. I maintain that. However, those of you who did listen to it reached out and that's how powerful that episode was to you guys. And that's why I'm selling it so hard here. So you guys really loved Aaron Bender. Check him out on the Aaron Bender podcast. Y'all really love Trish from Gen X Voice. Trish shared 
some really vulnerable and powerful stuff that you guys really connected to. You felt a kinship to Trish and Trish has a, has a podcast. Check her out. Trish, the dish on the Gen X voice podcast. Um, okay. What did I learn about myself? Um, I learned that I often, um, I bury myself in like busy work rather than maybe take professional steps that I'm afraid of. And there's a lot of them because podcasting is new to me. So from publishing episode one, season one with Kate to season two, episode three without her to starting a Patreon. Do you guys know how long I, I danced around starting a Patreon? It's been at least a year and I focus on everything else, but the thing I probably need to do next often because I don't want to fail. Number two, I don't like not knowing what I'm doing and I'm sure that's universal. I know we all feel that, but I think some people are more paralyzed by that than others. And I am someone who is regularly paralyzed by things that I don't know how to do. I'm afraid to look stupid. I'm afraid to be stupid. And I'm trying to get over that. But I learned so many other things too. And I think I learned the most from this season's guests. And you listeners, you share a lot with me and you give me a lot of fantastic feedback. I ask for it. I need it. Keep it coming. It's so helpful to me. I just want to create a really good show that you guys look forward to. I want to be appointment listening for you. And I want you to feel like you have a friend in me because I know how connected I feel to the podcast that I really listen to the ones I support, the ones that I DM the hosts. Like I know how important that is. I am a podcast lover through and through, and I love it all. And I feel a kinship and connection to those podcast hosts. And that's what I want to be to you guys. Um, But in talking about like this season's guests, I want to talk about what I learned from each of them. And I want to start off by saying a great big thank you to every guest who took the time to show up and record with me. I don't have a big podcast, like really what's in it for them other than spending time with me and having a few laughs and they did it. And that means a whole, whole bunch to me. And let's talk about what I've learned and what I think we have learned from the amazing guests of season two. So I want to start off with Kate because Kate was my season one co-host. She's my childhood best friend, my ride or die. She was with me for the first two episodes of season two, and she has taught me a lot the most about the importance of work-life balance. She has allowed me the opportunity to step into like a larger vision for this next chapter of my life. Because before we even started season one, I'll be honest, I was floundering. Like my kids are getting older. They need me less. I wanted to stop writing so much in the parenting genre. I wanted to think more about my life beyond parenting. And when you're a parenting writer and you're focused on it for so long, it can be all consuming. When 2020 hit and my son was a senior in high school and my younger son was in seventh grade, I stopped 
writing for a time and I just poured all of my attention into them. And I was just in their faces like all the time. And it was causing problems. (laughs) They were sort of like, mom, we're good. We know you're here. We know you love us. Like get a life. And I'm like, how do I get a life? We're in a pandemic. And I was like, what do I do? Do I go back to school? I toyed with the idea of writing a book. I went back and forth, waffling back and forth. What do I do? And everything always came back down to connecting, but learning at the same time. And for me, that was deciding to jump into a genre I knew nothing about and learn it all from scratch. And Kate was willing to walk that journey with me for the first season because I would not have done it without her, you guys. I needed someone to hold my hand. I needed someone I trusted, somebody who's like sturdy and steadfast to be like, you got this. We can do this together. This doesn't have to feel so scary. And Kate has been that person for me my whole life. And so I'm so thankful she stepped into this with me. And um, so I want to offer her a humongous thank you for taking the time to help me step into my dream. And we have plans, hopefully in season three, that she's able to come back on and do a few episodes with us because I know she misses you guys. And there is certain pop culture that we share so closely that were huge parts of our collective childhood that I cannot and will not do with anyone but her. So I'm holding these things close to my heart and I'm hoping that time allows and schedules allow for us to be able to do that and offer that to you guys. Cause I know you miss her as much as I do. So thank you, Kate. Okay. Let's talk Alex from fast times at Richmond high episode three. Okay. So in addition to teaching me quite literally everything I know about being a baseball parent, Our Fast Times episode taught me that he was a teenager, like an actual bonafide teenager in the 80s. He graduated in 83. He got to live the 80s life as a teen. Now, I enjoyed the 80s as a kid in the 80s. It was great times. I I mean, I roller skated. I listened to, you know, Van Halen and Wham and early Madonna, but like to be a teenager in that would have been epic. He used to sneak out of his house all the time to be out all night with his friends. And then he'd sneak back in the house in the morning and get ready for school. And his parents were none the wiser. I wish I had been more adventurous in my youth. I wish, I wish. Okay. Jessica Ashley fame. Jessica told us all about the power of if formations you've heard about affirmations. She talks if formations, what if I wasn't afraid? What if I took a step toward that dream today? Like, what if I did it? Like, what if I just dared to try. And she talked about the power that comes from speaking these if formations out loud. I told her, I admitted in that episode that I had a dream for this podcast and I was afraid to speak it out loud. And she encouraged me to speak it out loud. So that very day after we recorded that episode, 
I wrote on a sticky, what if I reached 15,000 downloads by December 31st, 2021? Okay. As you guys know, that's only like three days from now. And um, I'm close to reaching 15,000. And I believe, I truly believe it's from the information that Jessica Ashley told me to do. I posted that right above my computer and I look at it every single day. Because keep in mind, when I wrote that, I was nowhere near, like 15,000 downloads was such a pipe dream and I'm close to 15,000 and that's because of you. And I'm so thankful to you. And I'm thankful to Jessica Ashley for giving me the courage to take that next step. Okay. Pat, he's the big brother I never had, honestly. And I love the research and enthusiasm he brings to the episodes. And when it comes to this podcast, he's taught me that there is an audience for those who love nerding out over details. Pat is my people. I feel a kinship and connection to him. I feel like he understands my type A brain and I feel safe in nerding out in his presence. There have been times I've had guests on. Everyone's always been super cool, right? My guests are like the greatest people ever. And I will nerd out so hard on details. I can tell because we do these things over Zoom. I can tell in their eyes. They're like, holy shit, this girl has a lot of information. And sometimes I think I come to the episodes with maybe a little bit too much. Um, It's overwhelming. But like Pat is like, yeah, more. Give me more. What you got, Lori? And he brings a ton. And I... I love it because I just feel like we're on the same super nerdy wavelength. And I appreciate that so much, Pat. Thank you. Kenny Stack, The Breakfast Club. Kenny taught me a couple of lessons. Number one, the clothes really do make the man. And, you know, by the time I met Kenny in high school, he was the coolest guy. I talk about it. He wore his moto boots. He wore a leather jacket. He wore the cool flannel. He had long hair. He had an air that just exuded cool. And through it all, he was and remains the nicest person ever. And that just goes to show you can be cool and you can be total hot shit, but never, ever, ever forget who you are. We have plans in place for season three. So stay tuned. Thanks, Kenny. Okay, Laurie Stack, Natalie Merchant, Tiger Lily. Laurie is a certified yoga instructor. Laurie talked about how movement, ease of movement, can belong to all of us for our whole lives with some practice and prioritization. And I know that's really hard to do. But she talked about the power and value of breathing through our anxieties as a way to usher in creativity, peace, and I mean, generally just overall wellness. If you follow her on Instagram and you see how Lurie balances work and family, it truly is an inspiration. And I'm, I'm really taking my cues from her because I trust her and I see her actually living this life. So thank you, Laurie, for that. Okay. I'm going to touch back on Bruce Springsteen born in the USA with Serge Belanco. So I've been a big fan of Serge's essays and music 
for a long time. And Serge reminded me about the value of the written word. Serge has written probably his whole adult life from writing songs with his band, Mara, to then writing essays. What he's doing is leaving a lasting legacy for people to discover. And it reminds me of the reasons I started writing in the first place. And so I want to thank you for that reminder, Serge. Okay. I've talked a lot about Aaron Bender in the Boyce Men episode. I just want to say that Aaron taught me the value of being present with the people I love most in the world. And um, Aaron is a living testament to how faith and intention can really move mountains and change lives. Thank you so much, Aaron. Eric J. Gennard and the Lost Boys. He is quite probably the most creative spirit paired with the most incredible focus of anyone I've ever known. And I am often left thinking about things differently after spending time with him. Long story short with Megan and Wendy, these are the podcast ladies who joined me, like I said, for the No Doubt Tragic Kingdom episode. And we've decided to brainstorm podcasting best practices, do's and don'ts, lessons learned, and get together regularly to do these things because we want to see each other's podcasts grow and succeed. And they taught me a lot about the value of collaboration, which leads me to Amy of Gen X This Is Why Podcast. I told you guys that we covered the Saved by the Bell iconic episode, uh, Jesse's song, but they are so great at collaborating and reaching out. And Amy's willingness to have me on as a little tiny podcast on her successful pod made me feel like a rock star. Like I had arrived. I told my husband, I think I've made it. And having other podcasters invite you on and me reaching out to other podcasters and do this thing together in this shared space so we can all help each other grow. It's one of my goals for season three. So thank you to Amy. I really appreciate that. Hillary Murphy and Xanadu. I introduced interior designer turned owner of designer vacation home rentals, Hillary Murphy. I introduced her as my muse because this is a woman who has never ever shied away from taking chances. You see a common theme here, you guys? It's the theme of fearlessness. Not only has Hillary made some bold career moves, she also decided to take up roller skating again in middle age. And if that is not brave, I mean, bone density matters. I've talked about it before. She constantly uses her drive and determination to support women-led retreats, women-owned businesses. She's committed to the cause. And I'm so inspired by that. And she makes me want to try. And she makes me always want to bring more beauty into my spaces. So thank you, Hillary. Amber Dorsey, Clueless. You guys freaking loved Amber Dorsey and everybody does. I mean, I, I wasn't surprised. I was really excited to release that episode because I knew, I just knew. And so Amber, she is a cannabis champion and a flat lay specialist. She does it all and she does it looking so good. 
beyond teaching me that day drinking with tacos is always a good idea. She has taught me that mixing patterns looks chic as hell. And she had taught us all about the importance of education and research with cannabis products. And if you guys are kind of curious, check her out. She aims to educate. And beyond that, she's a flat lay specialist. And she taught us all on the episode how flat laying skills can be taught. I mean, you guys can look at her Instagram for inspiration about how to create flat lays for your own product, your service, whatever your side hustle is, your mission, anything and everything that you believe in and want to promote can be made more beautiful, more consumable, more digestible with a beautiful flat lay. So I'll link to all of Amber stuff. I'm going to link to everybody's stuff in the show notes. The show notes are going to be long. They're going to be filled with lots of goodness. Check her out. She is the walking embodiment of inspiration. And I think we can all agree that Amber taught us so much on the pod. So thank you, Amber. And thank you for being my friend and always responding to my texts because I text you a lot. Amy Garris and Before Sunrise. Amy's always been creative, but she shares a great deal on social media just for us. And I I really want to applaud that because Amy is both curated and just so talented. And Amy's got plans, she said, to record her mom songs, which are so great. But her admission about being a creative person with fears, I guess I didn't realize that. Like we talked a lot about how important it is to maybe reframe how we view ourselves against others. Because like I mentioned in that episode, I have a tendency to look at people doing creative things and assuming they're unafraid. But she was really honest about how it's sort of the push-pull of the creative because to be in touch with your creativity and your vulnerability to be able to put something out into the world, it also means your emotional state is heightened. And for a lot of people, that comes with an incredible amount of anxiety. It makes me feel like it's okay to be scared and do it anyway. In fact, maybe it's the most normal thing in the world. And maybe thinking about things in those terms gives us all permission to try. And so thank you, Amy, for being honest about that. You're incredibly human and so brave, and I adore you. Wit Honey, I'm back to Wit Honey and that Latchkey Kid life. We talked about the gifts that our Latchkey experience gave us, and he talked about how when he was a kid, getting into that shag rug, right, and listening to both sides of an album was something he used to do as a latchkey kid. And and the record player was in the front room. And it was a real gift to have the time and space to do that because had his family been home, he wouldn't have been able to get into that shag rug and listen to both sides of the Kiss album. And he said that he owes a lot of his creative process to that time, that time alone he reminded me that often our greatest ideas and Laurie Stack from the Natalie Merchant episode mentioned this as well. Some of our greatest ideas come from relaxation, from taking the time to dream and imagine. 
And I swear to God, I forgot that that's a thing. If nothing else, I am a busy person. I never sit still. I can never just stop and do the thing just for the sake of doing the thing. Is anybody else out there like that? But Wit is one of the most creative people I know. And so for him to say he owes a lot of his creative process to his latchkey time to dream and imagine and be, I was like, well, shit, that's what's missing in my life. So I encourage us all to do the creative, indulgent, wonderful thing just because, and to be in it, to be better when we do come back to incredible focus. So thank you, Wit. I swear to God, I forgot. I needed the reminder and probably a swift kick in the ass. So thank you for that. Big Brother Jake and the Big Brother Jake podcast. Okay, Big Brother Jake, Jake Warner joined me on Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas. That just dropped like two weeks ago. You guys loved it. I knew you would because in season one, Kate and I covered Wham's last Christmas and it remains to this day, one of the most downloaded episodes ever. Everybody either loves Mariah or loves to hate Mariah, but either way, this song brings listeners to the pod. And Jake has such an infectious spirit. He is one of the most positive people I have ever met in my life. He is so filled with gratitude and to follow him on social media, you know, he works behind the scenes on the LA Kings and LA Clippers radio broadcasts. And so he spends his time at Staples Center all the time. I know it's not called Staples Center anymore. Crypto, crypto, crypto something staples forever. It'll always be staples. Anyway, he is so grateful for the work he does every day. And he has big dreams for the big brother, Jake podcast. And he puts them out there unapologetically. He's like, I'm speaking it. The universe is hearing me and the good things that come to me, I receive it all. And I say, thank you. And I say it out loud. Thank you for reminding me to like stop and recognize and celebrate and dream because you do that and you do it every day. And I see it and you're genuine. And thank you, Jake. Okay. Last thank you. And this is a biggie. This one goes out to Trish. Trish was my guest last week. Trish the dish. We covered a Christmas story. Trish has a phenomenal podcast called Gen X Voice. It's an interview style podcast. She talks to people of lots of different uh, backgrounds and life experiences and even generations. And her goal is to bridge the generational gap and have important, life-changing, inspired conversations. And she does it every single week. And, you know, Trish came from a really tumultuous childhood and she's she got really real and she was so vulnerable and candid and she shared her story. And you guys reached out to me. I got a lot of DMs about Trish saying, thank you, because Trish reminded me and so many of you that we are so much more than our childhoods. Do our childhoods shape us? Yes, of course. Can they cause us real pain and trauma in our lives? Yes, of course. And much of that stuff has to be worked through and it is not easy and it is hard work, but we're more than challenging beginnings. And Trish tells the story of you know, living in poverty with a mother who was intoxicated much of the time and 
she did this really amazing thing where, you know, Christmas was always hard for her as a kid and her birthday was around Christmas time too. Happy birthday, Trish. And what Trish did was she reframed and flat out reclaimed the holiday season from one of drama and disappointment to something she can now look forward to in her life and celebrate. And it's all done on her terms. Her stories are incredible. Go check out Gen X Voice. But I want to thank her for sharing her story of perseverance and immeasurable character. And I think it was a really important reminder. You guys globbed on to her messaging and what she was sharing. You sent a lot of love to Trish. And I just, I want to thank her for that because she's an incredible spirit. And I really do encourage you to get to know her more. Okay. This leads me to the AMA, ask me anything portion of the podcast. I asked you guys on social, you know, hit me up with your questions. I'll answer them all. I'll be as honest as I can. The first question, somebody asked how my dog was doing. Thank you for asking. So I have a dog named Vito. He's a little eight pound Maltese. He's a rescue. Oh, we've had lots of problems with Vito. Where do I begin? Um, I'll, I'll give you the short story. Vito had um, joint and back problems when we got him in, I don't even know what month that was. Was that October? Vito hurt himself again. And we don't know how, I don't know if he jumped off a bed or a couch. I don't know what he was doing. We try to prevent that as much as humanly possible, but he hurt his back and he did not have use of his back legs. So we go to the vet and the vet is doing some like reflex checking. And the vet told us, "Mm, your dog pretty much seems paralyzed in the back. It was just, it was awful. Like I had to spoon feed him. He couldn't even stand to eat food out of his bowl. Um, But we've had Vito now for six years and he is my baby. He is my whole heart. I love him more than anything. But the doctor was like, okay, let's, let's put him on a bunch of meds. Let's do some cold laser therapy on his spine. Let's do some things and um, see if he improves. After hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars, he is doing better. He can walk. I would say Vito's at about 80% right now, which is progress. Uh, The doctor told me it's a very slow recovery for something like this, and he may never get back to 100%. So we are now adapting to a new normal and we're just taking it day by day. But thank you for asking. He's doing better. Okay. Somebody asked, how do you manage your anxiety? I'm assuming this is coming from a fellow anxiety sufferer. And um, so I, I received that and I can tell you, I'm not managing it very well. What that means for me in the new year, I'm still kind of trying to figure that out. I'm hoping that uh, creating a little bit better work-life balance is part of it. I think I'm a big believer in therapy. So I think that that's probably part of it. So I just want to be honest about that. I, I don't really know. I guess the most important thing for me in talking about it is just being really clear that, you know, for a long time, I felt a lot of shame about this. Like anxiety was something that I wasn't supposed to have that if I had a stronger constitution or a stronger spirit that I could just muddle through it. I will struggle with this my whole life. I know 
this is not something that will ever go away. Anxiety is just something that I manage like anything else, but it is something that can absolutely be managed. And I know this because I have times in my life where it's under better control than others. So, but thank you for asking. That was actually really sweet of you to ask. What was your favorite 80s movie and why? Oh, that's so hard. There's so many good ones and bad ones that I love. I have to say it's probably a tie between Karate Kid, 1984's Karate Kid, which I tell the story in one of the episodes on the pod. Like I watched that movie as a kid and I had a nervous breakdown. I was watching it with my family on home video. And when it was over, the triumphant moment, I'm not going to spoil it. You guys only had like 40, 11 billion years to watch it, but I had a full body breakdown. Now I'm an emotional person, whatever. I have little, little minor personal breakdowns often in my life. They're actually very regular, but this kind of breakdown, I think I've maybe only had about five of these in my life. And one of them I can attribute to the karate kid. I had such an emotional response to this film that my parents, I distinctly remember being in a ball on the floor, like hyperventilating, you know, when you're a kid and you're crying so hard, you can't catch a breath and you're like, (gasps) like that. I was like that. Like I was having like a moment and I remember looking at my parents and I remember them looking at each other with a real, like, oh my God, what is happening? Look like a look of genuine concern for my well-being. Yeah, I don't know. The movie triggered something. It spoke to something in me, something about the power of the triumphant spirit. I don't know. I have yet to unpack this. I have never told a therapist this story. It probably means something. And I watched it from there on out a lot. I think I used to watch it every day. And If Kate was here right now, she would say, oh my God, we watched that movie all the time. All Lori ever wanted to do was watch The Karate Kid and she'd be right. So that movie was huge. And then Stand By Me, I loved it. I loved the ensemble cast. Of course, I love River Phoenix. I thought each one of the performances was so incredible. I loved the layered storytelling of it. I loved the the coming ageness of it, the fact that you start out a kid and by the end of this collective journey or experience, you are forever changed and you're no longer a kid. Like I love the arc of that. And um, just from a pure storytelling perspective, and it's it's such a beautiful film and yeah, it holds a really special place in my heart. I will absolutely recap this. I have to think up the perfect guest for it because- Oh, that movie means a lot. I thank you guys for hanging in this long, for being supportive, for being my friend, for for talking, for DMing, for connecting. Let's do it all. Let's do more of that in 2022. And happy, happy new year to you. I 
I hope that this coming year is just so prosperous and filled with so much joy and happy moments and quiet stillness and all the things you need and want to bring into your life. I wish it for you. I love you all. Thank you so much for supporting me and we'll be back soon-ish. I'll keep you posted on social media. You know, we're on Facebook and Instagram at the Untitled Gen X Podcast. We have a website, theuntitledgenxpodcast.com. Now we have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the Untitled Gen X Podcast. I promise I won't be away too long and we'll do it all again really soon and it's gonna be great and I love you. And, and, and. I really, really genuinely hope you keep in touch, beautiful people. Bye.